0: Welcome to Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and today my guest is Jim Capuano, CEO at Horizon, a telecom provider whose history, as you will hear, goes all the way back to 1895. I had Jim on the show to talk about some of these big picture issues that we run into often, like middle mile performance, last mile access expanding fiber to the premises, and of course, the digital divide. But from the perspective of a company that's actually working in the trenches, literally, sort of, as as they are currently expanding fiber access for customers all over their home region and sometimes digging trenches for that. So we talk about the middle mile issue and uh, the role that providers like Horizon can play in connecting consumers to the content that they're after uh, from all kinds of uh, locations of different sizes. Um, And then we get into the, the digital divide and broadband access, spend most of our time there, especially in light of the major infrastructure bill in the U.S. that has put billions of dollars on the line toward that effort. Jim shares a really interesting story about how changes in regulations on Hanging new wires on poles impacted uh, their business, and we get down to some of the details of the economics of getting wireline access to as many people and companies as possible. So I found this conversation really interesting to relate some of those global big picture issues that come up that are really all over the world, even though we're focused on one part of the U.S. in this conversation, uh, and bring that down to how that actually plays out at the most local scale. So let's get to the interview. All right. uh, Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for joining
1: us. Oh, thank you for having me. Very exciting.
0: Great. Um so I, you know, I always start out the show uh with just a background of of you and uh in this case I think maybe a, a background of of horizon as well. I'm sure that a lot of listeners are are not familiar with uh with you as a, as a company. So yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, no, uh so well, again, thank you. So just a a little bit of uh, my background uh, you know, I'll I'll bore, bore you uh, to go back to high school when it all started, <laughs> right? But um uh, but seriously, you know, coming out of high school, I was a, you know, kid that wanted to work with my hands, so I I went into the uh, the mm-hmm. United States Air Force to start, um, and I uh, turned it into a into a 25 year uh, National Guard career as well. Uh, so it was kind of ah. like my other life for, for many years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but going from from there, where I worked on electronics and you know radar equipment specifically, um, I got a job with MCI Telecommunications mm-hmm. as a field engineer, um, and then you know, which was an incredible time, really lucky, if you will, to get into uh, a, you know, a fiber optic based, uh, you know, career path. Uh, you right. know, I was, a, I was working on fiber splicing and DWDM equipment and microwave radio even back then and mm-hmm. some synchronous and asynchronous and all kinds of really, you know, uh, interesting, uh, you know, uh, transmission platforms that were all using fiber as the base. Um, and then, you know, I'll, Kind of fast forward here, you know, throughout my career, it was really, uh, you know, uh, taking uh, that experience as a field engineer and working my way through engineering and operations gigs Mm -hmm. uh, all the way until, you know, getting to my present job, which, uh, you know, is maybe a little bit different in that I came up through the engineering and operations side. No, I'm CEO sure job.
0: lots of people in the industry love it when uh, when an, an engineer actually is in charge and, and truly understands the you know the, the goings on of, of the network rather than approaching it from just a business standpoint, you know.
1: Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, of course. You're right. You know, the engineering and operations people have a tendency to like it, uh, obviously. But um, no, I I think the other piece there is that, uh, you know, I I got to experience the business and, you know, at every level, if you will. So it it gives me a little bit more insight into, you know, maybe, uh, you know, exactly how people do some of these jobs. But, um, you know, so I've been very fortunate from that perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, from a company perspective, uh, you know, Horizon was founded in 1895, so wow. we've, we've been around for over 125 years. Um, interestingly, we were we were actually uh, the uh, the competitor to the Bell System at the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chillicothe, Ohio, actually had two local phone companies uh, simultaneously, uh, and this was before we had any form of uh, gonna, yeah, uh, very unusual, internet, yeah. Right? Yeah. So they had, you had two phone numbers. If you had both, if you were on both systems, you had to have a phone a phone number on either, mm-hmm. and there was no way to traffic between the two. Um, but uh, you know, the company uh, actually won that uh, that that uh, battle, and we became the local phone company for that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, over 125 years ago. Um, so companies had a couple of iterations since then, but uh, we. Have a, a middle mile network uh, that we call Network Partners. It's an enterprise fiber business, um, kind of focus more on cri- mission critical uh, networks. There, mm-hmm. uh, healthcare, higher ed. Uh, you know, we also sell to you know wholesale uh, to other carriers. Um, we support uh, cell tower backhaul uh, and small cell as well. So you know, kind of a you know uh, the the uh, you know the infrastructure or you know our foundation company, if you will, for most of the. Uh, communication services in that region, right. and then finally, the latest division of the company is our fiber to the premise business, which there's a lot of talk about. Obviously, uh, the, uh, this in you know this particular area in our industry, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because it's a you know it's it is a uh, a residential service platform, um, but there's a lot of private money being invested in it as well mm-hmm. as you know we've all heard about the infrastructure money coming right. into the region, yeah.
0: Definitely mm-hmm. something I want to get to there. You know, before yeah. we move on to that, it's I, it's I think it's a really interesting perspective here of sort of the the ILAC, the the transport fiber provider, and then also ISP. Um, but you, you had told me uh, when we talked uh, previously that uh, that you're actually the the first CEO of the company to not have the same last name. <laughs> Take us yeah, through that industry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, the company again uh, i think was in uh, 1900 was the uh, was the last time there was somebody with a different last name so <laughs> wow. the family, it was a family owned business for you know for for over 120 years yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I think yeah. that really brings yeah. into perspective, especially for you know most most of our listeners, um, you know, come from from North America, but we certainly have listeners in, in Europe and elsewhere around the world. Yeah, sure. And so, understanding that picture of of the the you know in the U.S. we'll, we'll, we'll say the word probably a lot, uh, ILEC, but you know, local local uh, telephone company. That there's hundreds of them, right? You know, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's, yeah I was going to say that's a that's a pretty good takeaway because I, I think um, you know often we hear uh, incumbent. LEC, uh, but, uh, independent telephone company is also a, mm. a, a pretty common mm-hmm. term. Mm-hmm. And the independent telephone company was a company that was not part of the bell system back in the day. Right. So, uh, there, you know, like you said, hundreds of them that are, you know, uh, in may, almost, you know, I could say many of them, uh, if not most of them are still family owned. So, right. um, family or community owned. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these small communities were, uh, had, uh, shareholders were, you know, th- were the, uh, you know, where the actual uh, residents, where they, you know, they chipped in, if you will, to uh, to fund their, their telephone company back then. Right. Uh, many right. of them were founded by farmers, you know, that, those types of things. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, and I think it cues us up well for, for the gist of this conversation, which is going to be, you know, first kind of talking about, middle mile as, as an issue. And then secondly, the digital divide and the, the difficulty of local access, but that the reason that there's these hundreds of ILEX still mm-hmm. left in the U S is, is our, our geographic uh, diffuse nature in the U S that it was, you know, it didn't make economic sense for the, for the big sort of urban telecom companies always to necessarily build out to, to every, You know, sort of end user. Um, So that's why I think uh, I really wanted your particular perspective of of running a company like this. Um, So, Jim, I think maybe we'll we'll start with the middle mile. Um, I thought you know maybe you could give us, from your perspective, a definition of the middle mile. Lots of listeners to the show have heard this term used. It does get used in slightly different ways depending on who's talking. But um, as a middle mile provider in the U.S., um, how do you define that segment?
1: Right. Well, I you know when you look at these, you know, especially where in in parts of the country where you have, uh, you know, these independent telephone companies or ILEX, um, you know, the the infrastructure that's needed to move the traffic from their from their communities, you know, to, uh, you know, whether it be the internet drains, you know, uh, you know, in the tier ones, um, you have to have a, a means to interconnect these communities, uh, you know, in the middle mile is really what that is. So it's mm-hmm. the the connectivity from, from, you know, across a region, from community to community. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, most of these, uh, networks that have been built that are, you know, uh, middle, that are classified as middle mile, uh, you know, you'll also find that they typically support, uh, the, uh, the wireless, uh, mm-hmm. industry, you know, with cell tower backhaul. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are surprised to find out that, uh, that when you're making a cell phone call that once you hit the cell tower, that you it's don't actually wires. bounce, from, right. That it doesn't <laughs> actually go from cell tower to cell tower. It mm-hmm. actually, once it hits a tower, it drops down and goes through a fiber cable typically now, uh, back to a, a, a switching facility. So, right. uh, so, you know, especially in rural parts of the country, you know, the, they, they, these carriers have to rely on other, on other providers. So mm-hmm. middle mile networks are, because of that are also typically, uh, somewhat uh, agnostic to, uh, to competition. They, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we, we've kind of coined the phrase, uh, you know, coopetition where, you know, there's a, a very healthy wholesale business that runs where, you know, you're really enabling your competitors into these different okay. markets as you're going. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, so it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, you have to have that, that relationship, uh, you know, in order to really succeed. It's just, it's almost impossible, honestly, to cover, you know, uh, the amount of geography we're talking about, right. you know, with, with any real density with, you know, without other people, you know, doing it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and, and that's why it's become really interesting in sort of my world as, you know, this podcast is now called Telegeography Explains the Internet because we've expanded the focus, but it started out as a, as a wide area networks focused podcast. And so Middle Mile was really a, a wholesale issue for a long time, right? Um, but now right. that enterprises are in, in lots of, you know, all the way down to, you know, smaller companies as well are, are using the internet more as their sort of primary connectivity because they're using cloud services and all that. Right. All of a sudden it, it starts to matter to you a lot more what happens to your traffic between when it leaves your, your home or your office or whatever. And, uh, and when yeah. it gets to your cloud provider or, you know, wh- whatever its final destination is. Right. right, well,
1: that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the quality of that pipe has, has become such an issue, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, I mean, what we're doing right now, <laughs> you no. know, uh, you know, from a residence, you know, uh, you know, back into, back into, uh, you know, uh, back into the cloud and into you know, to, uh, you know, to connect with you, you know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, the internet just wouldn't been, would not have been capable mm-hmm. of supporting this technology, right? right. Not at the, not, at, not with the, the amount that we use it today with with you know obviously um but I think you know the the WAN piece of it um you know like everybody expected that uh you know I guess maybe the early definition of what SD WAN looked like mm-hmm. um and what that was going to do to the to the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I would I would I think it's an interesting product um and that I think it's it's continuing to evolve. Right. Um you know, uh it was a you know, we looked at it as an MPLS replacement product in many mm-hmm. ways. Right? Very
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was then, the first, that's, you know, going back five or six years ago, everybody would have said, Oh, MPLS is going to disappear because SD you knows. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Right. And, and, and I, you know, and I, and it's funny as a service provider, you know, the MPLS product offering wasn't, wasn't something that we were excited about honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and mainly because of the, it was, uh, you know, the demands uh, that were put on it, especially when there were any changes that were needed to the network. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, there was a lot of choreographing and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and working with the, with the, you know, customers who happened to call us to manipulate the pipe so that right. they could, you know, they could change this, you know, what they wanted. Um, you know, that, that takes a lot, of, a lot of time and it's in, in, obviously, you know, there was a lot of pricing pressure placed on that product, uh, you know, to, to do it as, as inexpensively as you could. But also make it like this really high quality experience, you know. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you know those those demand curves kind of go in the opposite directions. Yes, indeed, too, you know, yeah. You know? yeah. So right, but I think you know the SD WAN piece, uh, you know, when it first came out, you know, the theory was, well, we'll use uh, broadband connections on the edges of the network, and we're going to save a lot of money by not using, uh, you know, a private line connectivity. Right. Um, You know, uh, the advantage also of being able to off, uh, to reroute, uh, directly to content from the edge sounded Mm -hmm. really exciting too. Um, and we, we find that that's still the case. I mean, there's still definitely opportunities for that. Um, but one of the things I would say is that what we're really seeing is, um, the people that can take care, take true advantage of those types of, of, uh, of, of, uh, deployments are really big networks and they're you know like, so it, it might be, you know, uh, you know, across, you know, a multi-continent, you know, bar, you know, in the, in the United States, it could be, you know, uh, you know, you know, super regional or, you know, across the country, you know, continental, but you know, when we're, we're actually seeing it also coming into, into use a lot more in like a Metro market. So say that you have a bunch of, um, uh, you know, banks are a great example, right? So, like regional banks, they'll have branches where you know they want to be able to use you know the uh, uh, the ability to you know reduce the cost, if you will, on on the the private line piece. So, you know, you don't always need a lot of bandwidth to go to us to a uh, to a bank branch. Right. So, you know, broadband might be okay for that, but what we're actually finding is that one when you're in a smaller region the ability to offload that traffic and send it directly to a content provider, um, you know, the latency isn't really a factor anymore, right? It's an, mm-hmm. you're already in the Metro, right? So, right. you know, you're going to carve off a couple of microseconds to that content provider probably doesn't really matter that much. Um, but also if you're using like a, uh, I, I don't know if this is a technical term or not, but a crappy broadband connection. Yeah, <laughs> it's t- definitely definitely
0: <laughs> a technical term when you're dealing with it, right? Yeah. Right, yeah.
1: exactly right. But I mean, if you look at some of these broadband connections, the, the latency that you're seeing there is so high um, mm-hmm. because of the way that those, you know, those particular providers deliver those services, um, that you know, it could actually that can actually induce a lot more latency mm-hmm. than actually mm-hmm. sending it back to your to your to your uh, your data center and having a you know a DIA connection directly to you know uh, the to to the internet you could actually save a lot of latency and have right. a much higher quality product so we're actually seeing it almost as like an overlay to to, a, to um, you know to some networks where you'll see places where they where they'll use broadband um, because it's you know it's a it's effective but it's more of a hybrid in that they're using a lot more private line to interconnect them. But Mm -hmm. it gives them the visibility, you know, in the features that you get in SD-WAN to take advantage of over over a private line network and, you know, in a metro market. So, so like I said, I think it's, it's an interesting product because it just continues to evolve and it's giving uh, the, you know, the consumer or the, the, the enterprise, you know, a lot more flexibility in how they use that, you know, use the service that we provide them, you know, without me getting involved in their you know, and, 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 you know, in their day-to-day, you know, uh, network operations, they, they can handle everything. They get big pipes and, you know, we hand them a MEF quality right. Ethernet pipe and they do whatever they want with it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that's the key, right? Is that, uh, that we, we need development of that middle mile so that it's there. However, whatever kind of routing you use, whatever the, the destination is, you know, like you said, to, to a content provider, or maybe, Office to office, that kind of thing. But but um that that you know, for for a long time the the sort of focus had been so much on on the backbone connections and and the, the sort of telco focused, you know, MPLS right. is very much like a, a provider network kind of thing. This offers the opportunity to spread all of that out. So um, right. good for folks like you, I guess. <laughs> it's a- yeah,
1: well and we're always looking for ways that we can provide, you know, uh, I I guess we I, I should probably qualify that before mm-hmm. I just not all not all service providers may think the way that I'm that I'm suggesting, and I'm course, sure that yeah. you know there, there would be great debate on what, what I just said about you know where the hybrid uh, SD WAN product is going, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's what we're seeing in in, in our region, you know, in Ohio. So uh, largely, so you know, I I just think that wherever we can find ways to improve the experience for our customers, you know, that's always going to be a focus for us. You know, um, you know we're always trying to find ways to uh, to reduce the cost so that we can provide that service, you know, competitively against, you know, other people and still provide a higher quality of service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's, you know, it's hard to do. I'll be yeah. honest, you know. V- you very know.
0: hard to do. Yeah. It was, well, that, that cues me up. I think great for, for sort of the next major topic here of, of the, you know, broadly the, the digital divide, but the, the way that we think of it, uh, you know, from our perspective at telegeography, for example, is, more like local access, right? You know, broadband availability, that kind of thing, right? Um, so, I just wonder if you could maybe start us out with um, the the big picture of of what is what is the problem here? Whether it's consumers, residential, small office, home office, all the way up to the enterprise, because enterprises with with thousands of sites around the world have offices located in. Rural Ohio, sometimes, right? So, um, so if, I wonder if you could sort of lay out uh, the, the the problem uh, from the perspective of someone who solves it, as you will, as you, if you will, you know.
1: Um, you know, uh, boy. So the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No problem. It's a layup. It's a layup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look, I would just. I, I. I guess I would lead off by saying, um, you know fiber to the home, you know, and the, you know, the digital divide. Uh, so first off, you know, we, we definitely have a tendency to focus on rural America when mm-hmm. we talk about this, you know, obviously we, we provide, uh, you know, services to, a, to some, uh, some, you know, relatively rural uh, areas of, uh, of Ohio and, uh, you know, West Virginia, uh, in, uh, Indiana. Um, but I, you know, I, it's funny, we, we kind of get caught in this where, we talk about, you know, just these real rural areas. And the reality is that it's not just rural America mm-hmm. that's struggling with this too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can get into downtown, you yeah. know, USA and a lot of places and still have these same problems. So, right. you know, I, so I, I kind of, you know, first off, you know, to put the spotlight on it, it's not, it's not a, just a rural problem. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a national problem. And we, you know, uh, we have allowed, uh, I guess I'll go down the path of, you know, the, the, where, uh, you know competition and 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 you know and in, in inviting competition into places obviously is has not all uh hasn't always been you know uh i guess i'll, I'll use the word fair
0: sure yeah no, i mean that 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 history in the u s is difficult you know it, it, i always when i explain it especially to lay people I like to say okay well you have this problem of uh if if you plug something into an outlet in the wall there there's a single outlet you know. Um, and, and there's this difficulty people have getting over is, is the internet like that, (laughs) right? Is it, it would be silly to have, you know, sort of two different electrical outlets or, or is the internet Mm -hmm. something different? And I think that's been the, the, the fight that we've been having since telephone service came along in the late 19th century. Right. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. And it's
1: definitely, different it's definitely different. Um, and it, well, and it's, and it's increasingly so, um, exactly. Yeah. and And I would say that, you know, so the, you know, the real issues to getting, you know, to kind of, you know, you know, bridging the divide. Well, you know, first off, recognizing the actual problem was probably the first piece is, you know, so where is the divide, right? And, you know, you're going to have to have those anchor points, if you will. But, you know, I would say that, you know, whether it's, you know, wherever it is, the the ability to get, you know, fiber cable, which is how we how we bridge the majority of it today and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, other technologies, but, you know, at, at, at the base of it all, there's a fiber optic cable somewhere, right? Right. Whether right. It's a, exactly. A, a and, and
0: just to make wolf. that clear to anybody listening and that, that doesn't think a lot about broadband access or local access or whatever, that, you know, w- essentially, if you're not talking about fiber to the premises, then you're ultimately going over one of two technologies, a coaxial cable or a twisted pair and right. coaxial is, a little bit larger, but has its drawbacks in some cases and twisted pair just does not have the bandwidth to meet modern day demands, exactly. right? So.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we, and, you know, we've done a lot to, to improve the twisted pair piece, you know, and, and, and coax obviously as well. Um, but, you know, whether we're, bo- we're bonding multiple pairs of copper together to mm-hmm. get, you know, larger throughput, um, you know, with a DSL type product or, you know, with the, the uh, on the coaxial side, you're talking about, uh, you know, the technology uh, The technology just fell out of my head. That's how much I I, I think about it, right? Doxys, <laughs> doxys, yeah. uh, well, thank you, yeah. doxys So, um, so you know, when when we look at it, we look at it as a as a fiber solution. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it is the future proofed product offering, right? right? I guess maybe one that that, that we didn't mention was it was wireless. You know, we mm-hmm. do see uh, WISP uh right. out there trying to use a you know uh fixed uh wireless or um and then we're also seeing the the uh, the cellular providers providing you know uh you know these uh uh you know pucks if you will that that mm-hmm. that, uh, that connect to their 5g networks and whatnot but even you know those technologies are you know um are fine i you know and i probably don't want to get into a debate of course yeah
0: but i think i think almost everybody would agree that that a wire terminating somewhere in very near the premises is the gold standard of connectivity. Essentially, right? I, I think
1: that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair, and that, and obviously that's why you know the the amount of money that's being invested into it. That's why is because it's future proofed at that mm-hmm. point. You know, um, uh, our we the the fiber to the to the home or fiber to the premise networks that we build today um, on on our network are are ten gig ready today, mm-hmm. right? And with the swap out of an optic, you know. They could be hundred gigs so I mean right. you know the, the infrastructure you know this the, you know to support this you know there there is no bandwidth number right now that I can that we can say well mm-hmm. this yeah. it would cap out at whatever well you know with with a couple of swaps it there isn't a, a limitation right now so right right whereas uh, on some
0: other transport medium uh yeah. you may run into some uh you know sort right. of speed limit that's yeah. that's insurmountable right you yeah.
1: Yeah. The next time you need a terabit at your house, you let right. us know. Yeah. With how you how yeah. Right. So, but I mean, so, but kidding aside, I mean, we, we so we actually do build it where we, we use a, uh, a, de- a dedicated fiber to mm-hmm. every home. So we're not um in, in, in doing that, like I said, now all we're really doing is plugging it into a different port on a, right. in a box. So, you know, the, 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 that piece has been solved back to the home. We don't have to do a whole lot of work to actually increase the amount of bandwidth we can, we can provide. So again, today I can, I could do 10 gig to any, to, to to every home symmetrical 10 gig too, which is Mm -hmm. the other surprise. Right. So um, so anyway, I guess, you know, to the, you know, the what we've decided uh, to, to move forward with is, you know, a a fiber based solution that uh, will support symmetrical uh, one gig right out of the gate, uh, we also have, you know, again, we can do five and ten gig as well if as needed. But it's not something we market. But you know, mm-hmm. the infrastructure is there. Um, most consumers are still trying to get their head around the idea of having a symmetrical one gig connection.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. You know, consumers, even when when you're talking about IT infrastructure managers at at major corporations, right? So we 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 do a survey of of, of networks um, of of uh, major, you know, sort of like Fortune one thousand size companies and. It's st- it's still the case uh, for for MPLS. Most offices are 20, 50 megs. Even on DIA, yeah. it's one hundred, two hundred, five hundred. You know, um, so right. so getting everyone a gig is is definitely a massive leap from what's available out there in many cases. Yeah.
1: Well, and I would point out that you know I, I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, so when we talk about speed, right? Everybody moves. Well, I have a I have a you know I have a five hundred meg connection. I have a well that's speed, it's contended. That's not speed. Right. right, that's not speed. First off, that is right. not speed. Right, speed is is how quickly can you get to your content and back? Right, right. Is, is you know that's speed. Right, so so we focus a lot on latency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with mm-hmm. our network, that is that is like, uh, you know, the the quality of the pipe is really a, has a is is truly more defined by the latency mm-hmm. on the pipe. You know, so uh, I can say I'm sure I'm not alone, in uh, that I have. Myself and many of my friends can tell you that they have very large connections into their homes that still have issues with insulation on video and so forth, mm-hmm. and so and a lot of that is just the the, the latency that they have to the to uh, on their networks. So um, you know, and then you know, when you talk about buying a really large pipe, um, you know, we obviously you know as a as a provider, I mean, you know, we're we you know, we want to be able to support whatever applications our customers are running. So, you know, even, you know, in these residential markets, you know, it's interesting that, you know, we do see people buying one gig connections, you know. Um, it might be a little bit of bragging, quite honestly. Yeah, know,
0: sure. I mean I yeah. think that everybody needs, yeah.
1: needs a full one gig, right? But uh but from a cost perspective, you know, it's it's not a huge uh, you know, delta from you know, so from say a five hundred meg mm-hmm. connection to a one gig connection. So you know, uh, especially you know,
0: if that middle mile piece is already in place. Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: right, exactly, right? yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's exactly right. So I think, you know, the, you know, we've decided that, you know, fiber is the best way to do that. Um, but, you know, you, that's a great segue. And I appreciate that is that middle mile piece for us um, having that that foundation uh, to run our networks over. You know, these smaller, uh, you know, uh, metro, uh, I guess, we'll call them re- uh, residential markets, mm-hmm. uh, we build right on top of that so that therefore i can manage i can control you know uh what happens to that the throughput coming back as well Mm -hmm. so again when i focus on latency i'm also focusing on all right well i also have this you know really high speed middle mile network that i can leverage you know for my uh, for my residential network so Mm -hmm. my residential customers are getting a very high quality product and but it's really hard to i guess i would say it's really hard to, to, to show that. Like people, mm-hmm. I think that finally, we went, one of the, this is going kind of to the, the craziest thing ever said, one of the great things that come out of COVID, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, not that there was anything great, right? But one of the interesting things that came out of COVID was um, that we did do so much video conferencing mm-hmm. with each other. And people actually did see the quality of their internet pipe at their, right. In their residence. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's very different. You can see it, right? You well, know, not not right.
0: just that, but then they, they also had kids online at the same time and maybe you know, somebody gaming right. that's else's home. And right. so right. yeah, and right. all of your neighbors doing this at the same time. So if we go to that that right. central office, then all of a sudden the the you know contention ratio there is really important too, right? So,
1: right. so having that dedicated pipe to, to the residents is is really important, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you know, that the, the you know, we mentioned the Doxis networks earlier. They, they can't compete with that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's their Achilles, right. Is right. that, that it's a shared network. Um, you know, the networks that we're building, you know, they have a dedicated fiber right to the customer. So it's a dedicated internet pipe, you know, from the beginning of, you know, from here to here, they're getting a, a pure gig guaranteed. There's, you know, there's no other, no one else, you know, contending for that, for that uh, throughput.
0: Right. So,
1: so I think the technology was, is really important, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I guess maybe to, to shift to like the, 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 this cell sounds great. boy We just build these everywhere. It'd be, it, you know, the whole world would be greater, right?
0: It's not cheap. Um,
1: it, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. So there's, yeah. there's your, your two big problems yeah. really that come into the entire thing, our cost, cost to build and time to build. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the cost to build, uh, so it's, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and I, I think if you go back, I think it was 2018 timeframe. Um, the FCC uh, had a ruling on uh, One Touch Make Ready, okay. and what 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 Make Ready is, and it's uh, you know, in the, in layman speak, is you know when uh, if a when, a when a service provider wants to put a uh, a cable on an existing uh, uh, utility pole, they have to go through a process called Make Ready. Mm. um and what that is is it is you put in an application and then whoever placed the pole which we use the term pole owner because they're the ones that place the pole um that and they're responsible for it um they go to all the other attachers on the pole and first off they engineer what you want to put on the pole to see if the pole will support that right. the additional weight or whatnot um and then because of the way that we do it in most states you have to move the existing attachers, uh, to make room for the new attacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 it's actually, it's actually dumber than it sounds in some ways, but <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but the, the process there is, um, you know, you put in your paperwork, which takes a bunch of work. You have to do a lot to get an application together. Right. And when you put that in, um, in most States it goes into, uh, there is no, Requirement for there's not like a shot clock where it's, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the utility has like six months to get back right. to you. In most states there isn't one. So it could it happen whenever they them. feel like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. the other piece is they get to decide how much it's going to cost you as well. Right. So they go out and engineer it and they come back and they say, well, geez, that pole has to be replaced. There's just no mm. way that it can take this, support what you're asking. Mm-hmm. So you have to replace that pole. Um, so in like I said, in 2018, they came up with a ruling that said um, to save time and money mm-hmm. that we would do what's called one-touch make-ready, which means so if you had like four cables on the pole with four different service providers, the old system would be where each one of them was responsible for preparing their cable into the new area, and they would take turns based on where they were on the pole. So right. imagine how much time that would take. Yeah. right just to get each one of them to schedule somebody to go out and they they can't leapfrog each other so right this guy the you know the guy on the top of the pole has to go first and then the next guy comes out and then the next guy and so on so uh so anyway so it took an extraordinary amount of time and each one of them was allowed to charge the new attacher for that work mm-hmm. so it was very expensive as well or at least that's what we thought
0: right right
1: <laughs> since then they passed this rule where we would be able to use one contractor to go out and move everybody's cables all at once. Right. Right. So it be a factor of four in time Which, savings. Right.
0: Economy of scale and just kind of common sense,
1: right? <laughs> right? It just seems like it would be the, yeah. the ultimate solution. Um, yeah. well, so, all right. So now we're in 2022 and I'm, I, I'm going to tell you some bad news <laughs> and, um, the make ready process actually takes longer and it is yeah. more expensive than ever. Okay. So whatever that whole scenario was, it didn't really work out the way we had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I and I I guess I should be clear. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to uh, to complain about the utilities. Like, sure. That's not. That's not the point. I think the point is larger than that. It's that what we're seeing is um, the ability to get on poles is really difficult, and it's taking mm-hmm. a long time, and it's really expensive. Right. Um, and when you factor all those pieces in. You know, uh, you know, most customers aren't interested in buying something that they're not going to see for two years.
0: Right, right, but, right,
1: you know. So, so you have a consumer issue there, right? But also, you know, the cost of doing this work, um, you know, there's a you know there's a lot of factors, but the reality is that we just don't have. It's just not happening fast enough, um, and it's you know obviously costing far too much money. It's almost double what what I what I was seeing prior to 2018. Mm-hmm. is about half of what i 'm seeing for right. cost to do it yeah. so it's very expensive um, so how do you bridge the divide when you know when we look at the an investment into a into a new market uh, in a residential market we 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 estimate our cost to pass a, a residence so mm-hmm. if I can okay. find an area where I know i can uh, I can build and have like the stability of, of a number, you know, which I prefer not to get into the actual numbers. Here, sure. But of course.
0: Yeah. But, but it, for the economic point, Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: You have a business case that you're trying to solve for mm-hmm. and how much, how much per passing is a, is one of the direct components to the business case. Right. And as we're going through that, if all of a sudden, you know, the cost per mile is twice what it should be. Well, mm-hmm. you have to have twice the number of, residential units in that mile. and Or twice the the
0: spend per user. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's just, and that's, you know, so the the reality is that if you can't, if you can't get, you know, uh, you know, uh, us, you know, and less expensive means of getting down that road, it's a really hard road to build on. You Mm -hmm. know, so, so I think the divide, one of the big factors of the divide is the cost to build right now is really out of control um, in that, um, we're not and it's interesting because I'm not seeing crazy numbers when it comes to labor, you know, mm-hmm. as far as contractor labor and whatnot. Right. I mean, we've seen some, you know, some increases, you know, obviously with the labor markets, but not not like what we're, you know, what we've seen over the last, say, five years and, you know, in this cost to uh, just get a path ready. And then, you know, the other piece is there's a lot of folks that because of the cost to attach and the the delays you know, there's service providers that are looking at 100% buried. That Mm -hmm. is a very Mm -hmm. expensive means to, to build a network too. And it, and, you know, and it's unfortunate if you think about it, that, you know, like you could do it, you could, you know, you can plow cable into the ground or you can directionally bore it, you know, uh, into the ground. Um, But again, it's, 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 it's uh, very time consuming. And there's a lot of labor that goes into it. Whereas the utility pole infrastructure is there.
0: It's our, it exists and, and, you know, can be serviced fairly easily. Right. You know, so yeah. You don't have to dig exactly, a hole exactly. to service it. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then, obviously there's, there's advantages to putting it underground, sure. you know, like from a storm damage perspective right. and so on. But, you know, also, you know, most, most utility lines, you know, that are maintained, they, you know, they're the, you know, the, the types of storms that we deal with. I mean, yes, there, there are outages mm-hmm. due to storm damage and whatnot. Of course, but, you know, that's, there's other ways to work on that too, right? There are mm-hmm. network, there are network technologies, you know, that you, that you overlay to solve right, for, you know, right. a yeah. path, right?
0: It depends on the leg too, right? So there's like, you know, certain, certain you know, look at your, again, your, your, your electricity, right? It's a, uh, of course, it's buried in, in your neighborhood, but then if it's going out to a trunk line that, you know, it's much more efficient to have, you know, so.
1: To a high tension line. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly right. That's, that's aerial, by the way, as soon as it gets onto that. Right? right. So, yeah, I, so I, so I guess one, you know, part one is the cost to build is a huge factor in the, in the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, fixing the, the, you know, the digital divide. Um, you know, the time factor obviously is important as well. Um, you know, we, you know, and I guess that, you know, maybe the, maybe another interesting takeaway here is that, you know, the, there's a lot of private money that's being invested in, in, this, uh, you know, in this area today. Um, but it's based on some basic principles, right? You know, mm-hmm. every, every mm-hmm. business case has a, has an expected return on investment, which is right. You know, that's, that's how it works. Right. So if you can't build in a timely fa- fashion with a, with a reasonable number that that private money could dry up quickly. Mm-hmm. And that though, the one thing that I worry about is that there is a, you know, there is a little bit of a, um, you know, a vibe out there that like everybody heard about this infrastructure money that's going to come in.
0: Right, right, exactly. And, and just to, again, anybody who's not familiar from, not from the US, for example, but $65 billion on on the table for for broadband uh, uh, infrastructure development in the US sounds like a lot of money. But if you, if you look at, if you look at the map, you can go to broadbandmap.fcc.gov and, and their, their categorization from what I understand is 25 megs, you know uh, downstream uh, and, and above you know because again like we were saying before the twisted pair DSL has has a limitation
1: sure. to it there's a there's a lot of
0: blank spots on the map if you, if you take a absolutely. look at it now. yeah
1: absolutely and it's it's just not a lot of money in the grand scheme like it's fair to say there is more private money than that mm-hmm. being invested today in fiber to the home so right. i mean it's a lot of money but maybe what people don't realize is there's a lot of private money going into this today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, uh, you know, so the, the business case works if, yeah. you know, if there's basic numbers here, but I mean, you can, you can make the business case work to do it with private money. But again, if, you know, if, as this continue, like, imagine what it's going to be like when you're, you start injecting that kind of capital into the system. Well, I, I think everybody's going to have a, a pickup truck in a in a in a backhoe at some point, right? Just <laughs> yeah, just, just start anyway, digging you know, trenches, know. You know, trenches, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. But um, you know, uh, the demands, you know, for materials and so forth, we kind of worked through a lot of that, you know, after the the COVID shutdowns with the chip issues and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so we saw, you know, we kind of saw that that initial bump in the curve to say, wow, you know, what, what's you know, where does you know, where is the expenses? You know, how does this work into the model? Um, So we kind of overcome, you know, we got, at least got, maybe got a sneak peek of what's to come, Right. you know, where we might see, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, can, can the fiber, fiber optic cable manufacturers really keep up Mm. with demand? Mm It's going to be a good question. You know, I think they're, you know, they're, they were chasing their tail for a little while there, right? Uh, You know, uh, and now it seems like things are getting a little bit closer to normal, but, you know, we'll see when there's that much more money put on the table. Right. But um, but I would say, you know, from a private money I I just worry that it's you know, there's you know, it's investor money, so you you always look at it a little bit differently. It's, you know, there's got to be some certainty to that, you know, so that you can get those people to keep coming forward and making those investments.
0: Mhm. What about any any legal issues? yeah, uh, you know, I've I've um heard of lots of cases in the past of, of say a sort of large provider fighting against an overbuilder. Um, ha, have you run into that in, 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 this expansion as well?
1: We haven't seen a lot of, uh, of direct, you know, legal action. I would say that, um, so there was a, there was a process run, hmm, I guess it was two years ago, maybe a little bit longer, uh, called Ardoff and mm-hmm. it was like a, a reverse auction process where more or less you, you were bidding against other people. And it was more or less who was willing to put in the most money for that area would win the bid, if you will, Mm -hmm. for that region. And they would Mm -hmm. get the, you know, the offset, if you will. Um, What, one of the interesting things there was that because of the way the rules were written, it more or less locked down. If you, if your community received an Ardoff award, you weren't You well, and I don't know that this is completely true at this point because it went so poorly, but they were more or less locked down, or they were supposed to be prevented from getting other federal funds, right? So, do you know if you went through this cycle, you didn't get to go after this other cycle, if you will. Um, in that there were really no penalties to bidding it down, Mm. so Mm -hmm. so you could, I'm not suggesting, I guess. don't do this. Anybody- <laughs> yeah, don't try this at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. But there, you know, but there was a possibility that you know people would go in and they would oh they would bid bid deals down to the point where no one where they would win them, but probably have no intention of ever actually building them. Mm-hmm. There's no penalty, and it would prevent competition. Right, from I coming. see.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: it, you know, it was kind of you know again, I, and I think there's you know there's been obviously a lot of turmoil after, from that point on. And then when this additional infrastructure money was announced, you know, a lot of people were like, well, hold on a second. Maybe we don't want this, uh, this other thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe we would rather do that one kind of thing. So we really haven't seen any like direct uh, legal uh, exposure there, but it's been more, um, I guess it would be more subtle, if you will, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit more creative, if you will, if there are, are, you know, where there's uh, barriers being put up, they're probably a little bit, you know, a little bit slyer about how they do it.
0: Yeah. Right. So the, in the end, the, the sort of still biggest obstacle is, is, is the basic physical geography and, and economic geography problem that it, it costs a lot of money to, to, uh, lay wire hanging on poles. Um, uh, and then you have to be passing enough houses who have the willingness and ability to pay. Right. So, and, and I right. think you, you brought up a great point before that, that digital divides, not just about, uh, rural locations. I think the rural, Case is easy for people to understand because of course, it costs more money to have a longer wire to get to fewer houses. But in the urban situation, it might be sort of um, cases where infrastructure is complicated, right? So digging a hole in an urban environment is, is is a lot bigger of a deal than digging on the side of a road, you know, but also that that there may be cases where there's um, the, the ability to pay isn't as, as uh, you know, good as, as in some other neighborhoods. How do you, how do you see us sort of getting over that, especially from the perspective of someone doing fiber overbuilds? Um, uh, do, do you have to lower prices for, say, residential uh, services and then you make that up in business or, you know, again, no specific numbers here, but, but what's your, what's your yeah. sort of take on the well, economics there?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, we're not going into markets with a, with a pricing model that's, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of balance, a balancing act between the two. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for instance, when we do a fiber to the, to the prem uh, project today. Um, we, we're really not factoring business services into it day one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So we really do look at it as, you know, this is a residential fiber build. Like how, you know, how do we, uh, how do we make sure that, you know, we're, we're, you know, building a quality network that, you know, meets the needs of, so of that the business
0: sales might be the sort of icing on top of that major infrastructure development. Yeah,
1: but, but we can't factor I don't think, but, well, I shouldn't, we don't factor that in mm-hmm. uh, to business model gotcha. we don't and you know it's not like in it i guess i would say it's not like we're looking at it saying all right let's build the most conservative business model we can and then right. and then you know and then this miracle happens and we get you know <laughs> this all this other stuff.
0: Right. it really doesn't
1: work out. you know we won't really look at it that way we really do see it as you know this is a this is a residential first network mm-hmm. you know and then you know if you pick up you know the you know pizza parlors and and barbershops along right. the way that's great, but it's not really the, the, the primary focus of the. Of the- well,
0: the, these days, uh, bandwidth demand is, is practically probably higher at a lot of residences than it is the pizza parlor anyway, yeah, right? So exactly yeah. Right.
1: yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, so when we look at our pricing models, um, you know, we, we did a, we did a, uh, a first market where we did was, uh, was really a test market, you know, how to, mm-hmm. you know, um, to go in, you know, there, so there's a lot of talk about, for instance, um, what the, uh, what the service levels, uh, service types should be, you know, do you need a, you know, do you have to have a, a gig and a 500 and a, you know, do you mm-hmm. need a 750? No, mm-hmm. you know, no. Mm-hmm. you make you know, the, you can make the, the, you know, the, the jump from five to a, to a gig say, right. Um, uh, do you know, do you need a 250 or whatever? So we were kind of figuring out, you know, what our broadband speeds would be, you know, that we would go to market with in our, in our test market. Um, but we're also testing, you know, pricing is, a, is, is, you know, what's, you know, what's palatable and, you know, at these different okay. speeds as well, you know, um, you know, and, you know, when you're looking at competition, typically in those markets, we're typically the third player, you know, there's usually mm-hmm. an incumbent telephone company, a cable company, and then we're the overbuilder that's right. coming in as the third guy. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pricing is pretty well defined, you know, on the products as you mm-hmm. can. in. Um, but maybe more importantly for us, it was, do we have to have an over-the-top video product? Mm, do we have, to, exactly. have, do we have yeah. to have a voice product, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things that we have found is that the more rural we go, the more important that over-the-top voice service actually becomes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of folks, you know, cell towers, cell towers aren't always in, their, you know, in your right. backyard. They still right? need to plug a so, phone
0: into a, to a jack in the wall, right?
1: Yeah so. yeah, so it becomes a safety issue, right? They mm-hmm. still want that the ability to get that 911 calling, right? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Um, so, so, you know, as we kind of worked our way through to figure out, you know, Hey, you know, if you can do it, you, you know, uh, from, you know, you, you can tag on a over the top voice line and, you know, uh, we have a, an over the top video product as well. Um, you know, it's not, not always something that you lead with, right. But it's definitely something that, you know, there's consumers that are still going to want them mm-hmm. um, and, you know, How do you how do you continue to meet that demand? Because you're competing with people uh, that already have those services in their house, right? Right. And the desire to cut the cord, quote unquote, uh, it's kind of there. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's streaming video is awesome until you uh, have to uh, try to figure out why with this streaming app my remote doesn't work the same as with that. Right. Everybody still wants that, you know, that that singular, you know, like over uh, the set top box experience, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, so, so, you know, you end up with Roku devices and, you know, uh, fire sticks or whatever to try to, you know, bridge that. But
0: we, we, we often joked here before, uh, uh, Thursday night football moved to, to prime that there was, there's was gonna be a lot of screaming that night, right? You know? right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? I guess from my perspective, it's funny when we saw that on the network, uh, doing direct connects with content providers, you know, mm-hmm. on our, on our network for our internet, um, that was obviously, you know, that's critical now. I, I right. have to have that, you know, as a service provider, we have to have that direct connect with Amazon right. and with Netflix and, you know, and now whoever, Hulu or whoever, because they're all of a sudden live sports is showing up on them. And that's,
0: you got to get you know, cool. a if bunch of gonna... eyeballs on the same thing at the, at the same, uh, you the know, same. server. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's, yeah. it's a little bit crazy. So, yeah. So we, we've, we've worked really hard to, you know, make sure that we're, we, you know, we're, staying ahead of that curve, if you will, to, you know, to have, uh, you know, significant throughput as well as, you know, uh, you know, least, least latency to those, uh, to mm-hmm. those content.
0: Right. So that the the whole package works. Again, I really liked your point earlier that you, you can have a, a, a giggy at home and that's great, but then there's so many places along the way to your destination that could bottleneck that it's important to have that, that whole ecosystem running well, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I typically challenge people that uh, when they're at in their residence to just do a simple trace route test to mm-hmm. uh, to you know any of the big content providers and see what you get. It's it's actually right. pretty shocking. Sometimes. You know, I've seen I've seen some broadband networks that have uh, north of eighteen router hops. Wow. Yeah. In 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 market, not be mm-hmm. not just to get out right. of the market. That's you know that's crazy. That's a significant amount of latency that just doesn't need to be there.
0: Absolutely. All right. So Jim, I, I want to wrap us up, maybe with just if you you could wax a little philosophical here of you know how are we going to do with sort of bridging this divide over the next several years? Do you, do you see, um, you know, in these developments that you've been talking about, in terms of you know whether it's the the government money that's out there, the private money seeing some profit, uh, possibility in this, um, are you know, are, are we going to get there in, in in this decade?
1: Right. Yeah, so you know, maybe, uh, maybe we maybe we painted too darker picture earlier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, 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 I do think that um, a lot of the you know, a lot of the issues that I brought up, you know, whether it's uh, you know the 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 speed and the cost, you know, that that's getting more and more of a spotlight. Right, once eyeballs get on that stuff, you know, people start start to start to uh, to drive change, and I and mm-hmm. I do think that it will be. Uh, some significant change, you know, as I said earlier, I, you know, I'm not here to complain about the utility. I look, they, what a nightmare of a project they have ahead of them. Right. You know, right. They, they're all of a sudden there's, you know, there's a hundred, you know, no more than a hundred, right. Crazy companies like mine, <laughs> suddenly pestering them to get on their poles. Like right. what a nightmare is how, you know, how many, how many people that they have to have just to support that kind of expansion that, Quite honestly, they weren't prepared for. It. They're mm-hmm. they're dealing with the same labor market I'm dealing with, right? I mean, right. So getting new more people. I mean, it's so it's it's going to be, uh, you know, it's 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 something that we have to overcome. I think that there'll be, um, you know, more of the uh, the state governments, especially, will focus mm-hmm. in on that. You know, from a PUC perspective, right. to say, right. hey, we got to find a better way, guys, because this is, you know, we can't lose out on this money. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the, that's the, going to be the real driver. Um, so I think as people, as that stuff happens, it, it's going to take a couple of years probably in, 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 in true form, it will never be perfect. We, mm-hmm. we all know that. Right. But I do think that we'll see, you know, as the money's, you know, uh, as the money drives change, it will, um, you know, I think that we'll end up with a better utility infrastructure on the back mm-hmm. end of this as well. Right, right. Right. I mean, we're doing a lot of upgrades, uh, on the backs of these uh, broadband projects, so that, right. so I think that's an, also another great outcome there. But um, but I think you know the 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 maybe the the reality of it is you know we're going to make a pretty good dent in you know in broadband uh, in the country you know as far as uh, bridging the divide. Um, but even with the money that we're that's that's out there right now, I, I there's always going to be some percentage of uh, mm-hmm. that. We just can't get fiber to right. It's just, yeah, it's just not going to going to uh, going to work without uh, without a lot of help. So, you know, like I said, I kind of think it's going to. I think, as a matter of fact, I believe the bead money is planned for over. It's a ten year cycle, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's five billion dollars, but it's over ten years Over ten so years, it's right? Like yeah. So it's, you know, I don't know how that's really going to work. We really haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, I, like I said, I think you know, as we go along, it's going to take time. Um, I think that, you know, the, that technologies like, uh, like, a uh, low orbit satellite is still going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be an, a really important thing in, in more rural areas and by offloading these services, you right. know, in the more, more densely populated areas, you, you know, you'll get better throughput there, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I, there's you
0: know, just some, there's some physical geographies where pulling wires is just never going to make economic sense, even with all the public money in the world. Right. So.
1: Interestingly, so we, we we did receive some some state money recently, and you know if you do the math, I uh, I think the uh, uh, Ohio House Bill Two money, which you know again, uh, if you take the entire thing, I believe it was it comes out to funding uh, ten thousand dollars per passing. Oh wow. What was funded? There. Yeah. So it's a lot of money. You, yeah. You know, I mean. I, I don't know what you're paying for your, for your broadband, yeah. but yeah. to get $10,000 back on that number, is going to, it's going to take a while. Right. Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> right. So, you know, so I, I guess, you know, there, the motivation is there, I think, mm-hmm. you know, to, to overcome it, you know, and find, and find ways, um, you know, what I just mentioned, that's, that's actually state government money, not mm-hmm. has nothing to do right. with the federal right. money. So like money's coming from every possible angle to solve for it, you know, um, so I think there's, you know, I think there's hope, but, but, you know, I, but it's going to take a long time. Yeah. A really long time.
0: You know, in, and, and just exactly to your point from earlier that uh, the, the time isn't just in figuring all of this out, getting it to the right uh, overbuilders, but it, it literally just takes time to get, uh, you know, linemen up on the poles and to fix everything up, right? You know, exactly. when you imagine pole by pole and imagine how many poles it takes to get to 150 million households in the U S basically. Right? right. So
1: Yeah. Right. Well, we've all had the opportunity to drive down the, drive down the road and you see this, you know, kind of, you know, cockeyed pole hanging right. over the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? Strangely enough, they don't allow us just to go out and put another cable on that pole. We right. have of to course. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it, but like i said i i do believe that there you know it's uh, not to paint too bleak a picture mm-hmm. you know i do believe that there's a lot of different uh a lot of different uh people uh working at this uh you know very diligently um and it's exciting to see you know the the level of interest um like i said not just in you know uh in you know government subsidy money but also Private money. I mean, the, the right. investors are all lining up here to, to do this. So there's there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. There's something in those hills, right?
0: Well, I, I always like to joke with my colleagues and say, you know, I think I think there might be something to this internet thing. So, you know. right. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like we said over, over the past several years, we, we've seen um, at the residential level just how crucial all of that was for the world. We would have been. In a much worse position. I end up saying this all the time, but if if, if COVID had happened even five years earlier, um, before streaming had become a big thing, then that that neighborhood infrastructure wouldn't have been as robust as it was, and we would have been in a very different world. You know, so
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I, I you know the 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 efforts of the last uh, you know like you said five years alone um, have really changed. You know, you know even in like I mentioned the DOCSIS stuff. You know, mm-hmm. even in, in, the, in the with the the cable codes you know their ability to uh, increase you know uh, speeds up into that you know 400 uh megs it, it changes it changed everything for for you know from a video perspective yeah i think you know we were still sub 100 100 meg connections you know mm-hmm. so which is why it's interesting to hear 20 like the you know that we're using 25
0: uh, right.
1: 25 meg download I, I I challenge anybody to use twenty five meg download. For, for I agreed
0: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> when you when you look at you know what what you are actually uh, using during the, and and that's what I sort of brought that point up before that businesses that are paying you know sort of a lot of money for this for MPLS and stuff still have pretty small pipes when you compare it to to what you are talking right. about.
1: Here, we got to so. work, yeah, and I, and I, you know yeah. and in our in our ILAC, you know, that's probably where we see it the most. We're we're working really hard to find ways to get speeds greater than that you know further and further out you know and we we call it edging out you know we're constantly building Mm -hmm. fiber and then you know kind of expanding a little bit further from a maintenance perspective to bring fiber a little further out a little bit further out so we make some big investments up front but then you know to get to the you know to the to the the true edges of the network it it takes time and, and because it's very very expensive
0: yeah Absolutely. Well, this has been really interesting. I'd love how we, we could bring it back from the perspective of very often we're talking about, you know, the the global, you know, DWM business or submarine cables sort or of to bring it down to the perspective of every single one of those bits is getting to some eyeballs in a house somewhere and, and how to get there, I think is a really fascinating story. So thanks for Jim for joining us. Is is there any way that uh, folks listening could, could keep up with what you guys are doing at Horizon? Um, where, where should they go to find you? Sure.
1: Yeah, so we're on all the all the uh, the typical social media platforms LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and such. Um, uh, on our website, uh, which is horizonconnects dot uh, com, we are uh, we also have uh, we do some blogs there as well and you know white oh, papers. Good. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, you know those are those are good places to kind of see where we're winning some business as well as uh, you know uh, some of our white papers or solutions that we've been able to put out there in our markets.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for the time. This has been super.
0: Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com, and we'll see you on the internet.